Okay. Yeah, we are recording now. All right. Got a hot mic. Yeah. So, hi everybody. Uh, my name is Ben Collins. My name is Luke Piotrowski. Uh, you you may know us from the internet uh, or from probably writing, not, but you know, but you may. I mean, Twitter. You know, that's who's going to hear this first, probably, anyways. But uh, we also write movies, and you might have seen some of those. We're friends and writing partners. Yeah, life partners in a way, if you think about it. Uh, But we're also now co hosts of a podcast. A podcast we're thinking of calling Sync Ratios. Sync Ratios, which is a reference that you would get if you've seen the Engenesis Evangelion. Which you may or may not have seen, and exactly, you're that's c- coming point. to this podcast, um, which I guess we should talk about, that this is a podcast about the anime mecha television series, Neon Genesis, Evangelion, Evangelion Shinseki Evangelion, if you're naughty, um, <laughs> literally translated as New Century Gospel, New Century that, Evangelion. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Luke, Luke has a lot of trivia that I don't have, so this will be a good balance. And the point is, wh- whether you see, you can listen to this podcast, whether you've seen the show or not. May- maybe yep. you know, we were we were just talking a little bit before, and maybe you're like us. Maybe you're a listener who is a diehard fan of this show, who uh, lives and breathed it, and uh, who um, you know found this at the right time in the right place, and it and it uh, became your your Jack Kerouac's on the road. Yeah, the relationship spanning decades with this particular piece of entertainment. Maybe you're a casual fan who's who's seen it once or twice. Yeah, because uh, it used to be on fucking it was on like Tsunami or whatever. Like you might have seen like the weird dub version late at night on Cartoon Network. Did it get a Tsunami? I think it did eventually. Cartoon Network release? I don't remember that. Wow. I think I it did imagine. briefly. So huh. maybe you've seen like a couple episodes and like you you thought it was cool, but you think you like Gundam more, which means you're stupid. Uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, 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 we are I we are each okay. responsible for our own statements here. None of if I'm crass about something, it's not Luke. Luke's not to blame. No, but you're right. Um, <laughs> or may, maybe maybe you're maybe you know nothing about this. Maybe maybe you're coming in completely clean. Maybe you plan on watching with the show. And in fact, that's what it's sort of designed to do. I guess we can sort of say that the whole reason the new genesis of this podcast, Mm -hmm. if if you will, is the show's coming to Netflix. That's the whole point. That's the big deal is that this is a show that we love and saw in the late 90s. Yeah. Um, And it's been... Market it was put out and licensed and put out in like many many ADV was the place that licensed it in the U.S. and they put out tons of editions of it. Uh, I think I triple dipped because there yeah. was there was DVD releases that I bought. I saw it. I saw can, it on VHS first. Yeah, we can talk about yeah. how we each got introduced to it, but just from a from a legal <laughs> release mm. standpoint, there was the the ADV put out DVDs, uh, single issue DVDs. Um, then at one point there was uh, a collector's box set. The at Perfect point, Collection? Well, the Perfect Collection wasn't until they Sorry. redid everything and did the Platinum editions of it. Uh-huh. And then they had the Platinum Perfect Collection. And then I think there was even like another edition after that. They kept on, because they knew that fans would keep on yeah. pumping them out. And, and then, oh, somewhere in there, there's the director's cuts. Because the episodes 21 through 24, they put out alternate 
versions Good that Lord. came from Japan. So there's lots of editions that came out. You couldn't in two in two movies, two original movies, right? And those and, got licensed too. And then it's since been remade into new movies, which are the only ones they think that are available on Blu-ray. For anybody listening, that, that, that I don't think Blu-rays, no, the show don't even exist. Not not in the U, not in the U.S. No, yeah. I don't think. So, and we'll help. Listen, that sounds like a lot. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna help you walk through all this. It's gonna be okay. This is all just to say that at one point you couldn't go into an Fye or a Suncoast video and go two feet without running into some kind yep. of edition of Evangelion. But in the interim. I don't know what happened if the ADV went under, but for some reason the license has not been renewed and it's been really hard to find yeah. uh, any copies of it to buy. And like Ben said, it hasn't come out onto Blu-ray. So these DVDs, the platinum DVDs are sort of the last format and those are going for a lot of money on eBay. Uh, last yeah. I the, checked. the box I have, you, you found it Amoeba here in Los Angeles where we both live. And uh, you, it was like, 27 bucks or something insane and you bought it for me just because it was like can't let this go to waste like, it was a crazy steal yeah, yeah it was in the in the box but it's like as is like it looks like it's scratched but it should play fine but i think you don't get any mm-hmm. refunds if it doesn't no yeah but so far it's great though uh so that yeah that, that that's just to explain how difficult it's been and so what a big deal it is that netflix announced that they're actually getting the streaming rights to it I think worldwide. I think so, and it's supposed Certainly to go up in, in like April or something. I think. Or, so, so this all started back in December. You, the announcement dropped, and everybody on Twitter who you know, like us, was into it, just freaked the fuck out. Just going, oh, holy shit! Like, not only do I get to watch this readily and easily streaming at my home, now all my friends that I've been telling I would, to see. I would equate this to you know, back in the day, if if you wanted a copy of the Bible. You know, only the rich elite <laughs> had the Bible because it all had to be handwritten. It's pre-printing Th- press. This is the invention of the printing press. <laughs> yeah. This is going to lead to, you know, a, a revolution. Yeah. Uh, where now the document, I, I can't, I, it's not just me telling you about it mm-hmm. at, at the drop of a hat or, you know, waiting for you to ask about my God's in his heaven, all's right with the world t-shirt. Which people do ask you all the time. <laughs> this is this is now I can get this into your hands. This is now all of us, all of you out there who who were freaking out online or were excited about this. You're excited because now you can finally share it with somebody or force somebody to watch this with you, <laughs> like I did with my wife. Yeah, and as and I have with many friends and and uh, you know, which is in fact how we you know how I saw it in the first place anyway, but. Um, yeah, I think, so all to say, if you're a newcomer and you're watching it on Netflix for the first time, we kind of, this is ultimately for you. Yes. Uh, this is a way to sort of, you know, to to listen to the episodes as you watch the episodes of the show or afterwards um, or instead of. I can't imagine why you'd want to do that, but <laughs> I suppose you could. So to that end, we're going to try to avoid spoilers. Yes. Beyond the episode we're talking about. So that means, you know, once we get into it, I think we're going to... Is the idea to do one episode per episode? That's the... Yeah, the goal is to do like a one-to-one, so it's like a companion thing. The length is still up for grabs, we'll sort of see, but somewhere between half hour and an hour, and we may have guests and stuff, potentially. But that it's kind of, yeah, it's a companion that in theory you could watch it uh, in tandem with the show. And and if you're, you know, well, if you're alone and you're watching it and you want to feel like you have some friends to talk to afterwards, then we can be those friends for you. And, you know. For sure. That's kind of... You write in and tell us how long it takes you to do the dishes or fold the laundry, and we'll try to make yeah. the episodes <laughs> approximately that length. 
That's a good yeah, that's a good plan. Yeah, so so that's the idea. So that means that when you get to this episode is just sort of your episode zero, I guess. Yeah. You're sort of we're gonna talk a little bit about what the show is and how we came into it and you know why we're so excited to do this. Get used to the whole thing and then next episode we'll we'll dig into episode one and go from there. So that means watch episode one before you listen to yep. our next episode. So we're going to really dig into the spoilers and go, you know, page by page, so to speak, through that episode. But we'll try not to, to, to drop anything that happens beyond that. So you're welcome to mm-hmm. to listen as you watch. And we're not going to give away the ending or give away any of the, the twists and turns or, ex- <laughs> you know, ruin the plot. Yeah. <laughs> for you <laughs> i mean and, and it will be you know i mean we've we've each i don't even know if i could count how many times i've probably watched the entire show i don't know seven or eight times in my life mm. i don't know you've probably seen it more but i may have seen it less and i don't want to go off on a tangent here but i think listen this is going to be a show with tangents in it um i i was trying to count and I think it might be slightly less than that, maybe maybe six. It's because it's one of those things that I don't want to lose its power. Like I'm very scared to watch it too many times and burn out on it. Um, like there's like certain movies, like The Exorcist is one of the movies for me. I didn't see it until I was an adult, and I was so impacted by it that it was like, okay, this is a special occasion thing. I don't want to mm-hmm. watch a lot of making ofs. I don't want to see this thing over and over again until it loses its power. I kind of want to let it have that. So I try to go long stretches in between watchings of Evangelion. And typically it'll be when I have somebody new to yeah. watch it through. So, I mean, we can just start digging into how, how were you first exposed to it? I, so if I, if memory serves, like I, I was a freshman in high school. Wow. And, you were, were you 14 years old? I believe so, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, it may have even been eighth grade, to be honest with you. Like, it was because... So, so anime was, like, this thing that, like, you know, back in the this is like blockbuster video days, it's like, you know, the, 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 there'd be a very small uh, animation section that would have anime in it, and they would usually have some sort of... It wasn't parental advisory, because that was music <laughs> yeah, specifically, no, but there was, like, the blockbuster version about. of that that would sort of say, hey, parents, heads up, there's going to be demons cutting people's heads off and, like, you know, tentacle or like whatever the concerns were that like you know because parents would rent these things for their kids thinking it was like Superbook or something and <laughs> and then find out that there was horrific shit so that so Superbook. i became aware i got, I got of, stories about Superbook. Too, i mean that was yeah way. that was my early probably my earliest anime exposure was Superbook. it was it was for me yeah. and i didn't understand why it looked like that no I, always I, the the mouth flap of the dub of Superbook and others of the kind i did start to pick up on it like five or six years old like why talk so weird why is their cadence so strange i thought well there was like Superbook, and then there was some other show that like my sister and i rented when i was really little kid and i thought maybe it was like a shared universe and the characters were related oh wow that that's why certain like that the style of animation like i didn't understand i you i was too young to understand that animation yes. was drawn that they they must oh, be related if they all have eyes like that or whatever you know and so i was i yeah. was jumping to is this must be the same studio you know like like disney or something like this must be all the mm-hmm. same company that makes these but anyway well that was my that was when i was like five but then it sure. was like by the time i was in middle school like became aware through going to the video store that there were these things and that they were cool and it was like i was because i was a, i was a skateboarder as a very young kid and so like hook up skateboards had all the anime like the nurses and the different babes and the things and it was like so you became aware of the idea that the anime was like sexy and it was cool and like people liked this and stuff and so i remember it like a like a drug deal 
a girl I knew yep. uh, whose older brother uh, uh, was Carly Mars and Nick Mars. Nick was in oh. for years. Nick for Mars mine. owned a VHS of Akira, and I was talking about it, and Carly was in my grade, mentioned that, oh, my brother watches that stuff. He has uh, Akira. And I was like, oh, my God, can I borrow that? And so, like, she... Got her brother to say yes. Brought it to school. We just like slipped it through, like, for, like out of her backpack into my backpack, like with like a drug dealer, because like, so no one could see, because totally. we were afraid we'd get in trouble. And I saw that when I was probably thirteen or twelve when I watched Akira, blew my fucking mind. So from then on, it was like, okay, there's like cool shit. Uh, this is cool shit. And in any chance I can see something anime, I will do that. And there was a, so Akira was your first yeah, anime, the first like okay. adult anime I saw. And completely blew my brain out of my skull, and, and I just became my, mine was Ninja with it. Scroll. Ninja Scroll I didn't get to see until later, okay. which is but those are two I think pretty common yes. and popular and very good. I think, I um, think Ninja intros. Scroll, Fist of the North Star, yeah. Akira, um, maybe slightly later Ghost in the Shell, but yeah. those those were a lot of the gateway ones. Same, I think I saw all those in a little run once I was able to sort of get my hands on them. Mm-hmm. But the trick was that there was a guy that went to church with me in the youth group named Jake Miller who was my age, and he went to a different school. Um, but These names have not been changed also. No, also. yeah. What's up, guys? This if anybody finds it, you know. Uh, Nick Myers, friend of the show, yeah, yeah. doesn't know it. But <laughs> his name is out there. I don't actually know what Jake Miller's up to these days. I would love to know that. Jake was a really cool guy, and we, we had a lot in common. And I remember we were in the back of a church van uh, going to like a youth group trip. And he was telling me, because he knew that I was the other weird kid that liked anime, he was telling me about this anime he found, because he would go to conventions and shit and buy wow. things. All and right, he said, Jake. so he, Jake had VHS, he'd been collecting, because that you, they were like, the movies weren't even available, so he had bootlegs of the movies, but so he'd been slowly collecting the VHS tapes, which back then, like, the VHS tapes were sold individually, they'd have like two episodes on them, or three yeah, episodes. Yeah, it was fucking And insane. they were expensive. It was like 30 bucks for one of those, or 25 bucks or something, I'm not even sure, but like, yeah. So for a kid, you know, he's like saving up his allowance or whatever. He's going to the store and buying these things. So he had been slowly, and so he was watching it, and he was telling me about like how like totally amazing the show is. And totally, and he's like, finally, he's like, I'm going to a convention this week. I think I'm going to be able to get the movies. And so Jake was, I was just like fascinated by this. And he came over one day, and we watched Death and Rebirth, which was of the first quote unquote movie. It's really just like a recap of the show that was released theatrically in Japan. And then end of Evangelion, which is the official end, which is the second movie. Of the which show. is, I have to this day, this bothers me that you saw end of Evangelion out of context. Listen, I know. if you're, if you're li- this, I, if I don't be like me, don't do this. Don't be like Ben. Don't watch any of the movies first. Now this goes for these rebuild movies too. I'm telling you, we're starting here with a 26-episode series that's yes. going to be on Netflix in the spring. You watch that in order. Then you get to the recap movie, Death and Rebirth. Then you get to End of Evangelion. Then, if you like that, you can worry about these rebuild movies. Which we don't even know, by the way. About. They aren't even done yet. We don't even know if Death and Rebirth and End of Evangelion are going to be on Netflix. Was that part of the announcement? No, they are. They, they are. did okay. say they have the movies. Okay, they do. What we don't know is if they're going to have the director's cuts of or, episodes Or which 21. versions of the subtitles or dubs. Or, we have right. no idea. Which we'll talk about in a second, yeah. which versions we're going to be using. But so Okay, um, so that was my story. That was how... And so by the time I met... So, just, so you guys know, I mean, Luke and I are writing partners. We're also uh, old friends. We met when I was a freshman in high school. And so by the time but I'm I met older. you, I was a senior yeah, in high school. You so, were collect you and you and your friend Will were collecting the tapes. And I remember I saw you guys had them and I was like, Oh, I know about this. I've seen <laughs> uh-huh. this. So it was a very early bonding thing 
that between us and we didn't watch it together until a couple years later but how did you and will or yeah how did it's you get it's a him? similar story uh, you got to talk about my friend will melton who is he was the you know the stranger who you know uh, in the night who provided me with this this magical thing this it was a it was a box for us we knew this guy named andrew jung in high school uh-huh. and he had an older brother who had all <laughs> always these things. the older brother it's always i mean that's classic older brother you guys have to understand what it was like in the 90s this for the anime thing you know and there's a whole weird thing too where it's coming out of japan of the anime of the 80s being largely and this is this is on on topic because it's talking about gynox which is a phrase that we're going to be throwing around a lot um you might have a different pronunciation. I'm going with Gynox. Yeah, I never really. Knew That's how. the you know I'm I'm using the the a's the long a's that that the Japanese mm-hmm. pronunciation would be. It's not a Japanese word, uh, but it is a Japanese company. So so mm-hmm. you can call it Gainax if you want. I'm going to go with Gynox. Gynox sounds better. Um, or Gynax. I but think that, they're I they're a group of. They're the studio that made Evangelion, and they sort of started as fans, as uh, otaku that that were doing this animation together. But what happened with anime was you had your animation, but in the 80s, they started to have these things called OVAs, or original video animations. And you started to have a lot of money being spent, and a lot of the animation really just catering to fans. So it was not something like... My Neighbor Totoro, which is very mainstream and palatable to a lot of different people. It was just stuff made by and for fans of this stuff. So it became really insular and uh, really the kind of anime that we were talking about mm-hmm. that has lots of sex and vi- something like Ninja Scroll. It has like a lot of this sex and violence to it. Like a lot of that stuff became a big part of the thing. And so to me, that's what anime was and it's sort of weird to sort of look at it now where for a lot of people today i think you know like pokemon is probably your introduction to anime or dragon ball is your introduction to anime which is a totally different thing and anime is you know it's animation it's just it's just japanese animation every possible kind of the stereotypes that anime is any one thing that it's for kids or that it's for perverts or that it's for whatever (laughs) it's like no i mean it's for all those things And, and there is stuff that plays very strongly to that and in Evangelion is a unique uh, work of art that doesn't do any specific thing. We'll get to that more. But yeah, sorry. but yeah, so it is just anime as a is a medium and not necessarily a genre. But it is something for I think you just sort of look at people who consume this stuff, and it depends on when and where you got in and how. It kind of always colors your like I, I, I just do have a fondness for the kind of anime that was this forbidden fruit, this this drug deal stuff, like the weird stuff that was a little bit off-putting that was in a cardboard box that you got from somebody that you barely knew's older brother. You know, that, yes. that is sort of what a defined anime for me. But that was a bit of a tangent. But the the, the whole thing was that my, my friend Will was really into anime and uh, Japanese stuff, and he got me interested. And my first, like I said, my first anime was Ninja Scroll. I think shortly after that, um, a couple other random things, like Wrath of the Ninja was a really not so good one that we rented. No, I didn't know that one. We were we were renting whatever we we could get our hands on. And oh yeah, go- there, there would be like ten of them at Blockbuster or something, and it was yeah. Kinda, and yeah. it's like, well, you just make your way through. Plastic little, okay. We'll check mm-hmm. that out. We'll see what that is. Okay, that's a lot of that's a pervy one. Um, but uh, Ghost in the Shell was the first one that I saw that was like, oh wait, no, that's not just a good anime movie. That's a good movie. That's a good film. And this is doing all the things for me that other things 
uh, other movies do, and and in subsequent years it was doing more for me than maybe what uh, other movies do. Um, so I think I saw those first, and then it was even Gelling was my first series, was my first anime okay. series that I saw, and it was just that might this... be true for me too. Actually, I think Will had seen it first, and he I remember <laughs> him talking to me. It was this like we're gonna mythologize the shit out of this thing, and that's yeah. just Evangelion inspires that in people, I, I think. But I remember him after he had seen it, sort of telling me like I just watched this thing, and it just made me feel really weird, and I just. I was just up all night thinking about it and I just don't know what, you know, so I was like very intrigued, but I was, I think I was a senior at this point. So I was probably, cause yeah, I, I want to say the time that it's would, probably concurrent. I, th- I think Will was bringing the box to you at school and we were in class mm-hmm. in the class we had together. And he was like making the handoff to you of this box full of things. And I was like, Oh, I know that. So yeah. that was probably you getting Could it. Be. To he watch. and I watched it together though. So he had seen it without me. And then I think he, you know, sort of started this thing of he watched it with me. And okay. so it was just he and I, and it felt guys, I can't, explain this to you just what this magical thing of you know with popular culture i'm just i love to consume popular culture but to get this piece of fully formed popular culture without context that was so unlike anything that you had been provided with before you know even having seen anime to just have this thing and to have this other person there to experience it with you at the point when you know, I was 18 years old, like about to graduate high school. So this real turning point in my life and just sharing this thing that feels like such a secret, like nobody else understands. Nobody knows what this thing is. Nobody, nobody gets it. And, and that in large part, the show being very much about these kinds of things about, we'll talk a little bit more about what the show is, (laughs) what Mm -hmm. the show is about, but it is a lot about teenage isolation and identity and you know uh, trauma and just the heightened emotions of what it's like growing up especially for a certain type of person and and it coming from this foreign culture that is especially you know at least in their popular culture a lot more introspective and isolated it it felt like it was speaking to me in a way that no other nothing else could mm-hmm. no other fictional world could and so my yeah my first experience is watching it just just pulling this weird washed out you know in some like for the movie end of evangelion oh my god yeah third generation copy of a copy where we'll get to it when we get there but stuff that was so washed out i couldn't quite tell what was happening and wasn't uh and those certain of until those running like convention uh banner things at the tops and say like oh this is a this is copy's not for sale or this, you know, like, oh, right. like this, just like the endless scrolling of like, like what it's like screeners now, like I have the watermark. It was like some sort of like, I remember like the one I saw had like multiple different, there's like Cantonese subtitles or something. And all it like, fans, yeah, like lots of fan sub. subs. So stuff was, you know, it was like, how even accurate is this? Yeah. Um, one of the things that, you know, we, we talk about this more later too, but um, there's, there's, ch- it's about pilots who, who children who pilot giant robots and, uh, you know, they're numbered. There's the first child, second child, third child. All the fan subs that I saw, it was always children. First children, second children, <laughs> third children, which is just, you know, quote unquote English or like bad translation stuff. But to me, that just heightened the alien quality of it. And it had this sort of poetic quality to it. The fact that it was almost but not quite first child made it even more 
powerful to me. And it just, again, it just had this air of mystery to the whole well, thing. And I mean, this is a whole, I don't, there's a whole conversation that you could sort of have with different people who consume as much media as we do to say like, there's every once in a while in your life and, and you know, there probably can only be so many of these, but there's, whether it's a book or a movie or a TV show or a comic or something that like, or music, it happens a lot with, I guess, more, but like where you'll just find something that feels like a completely new thing, even if it's like playing in a milieu that you're familiar with, you know, anime as a whole or, you know, giant robot, you know, right. Stuff. I mean, yeah, from a different but, perspective, this is a pastiche of, you know, I, I don't mean to say that Evangelion is the most original work out there. It's in fact, it's a comment on and a deconstruction of a, you know, age old genre from yeah. Japan. But, but to, to, to us at the time, you know, even the stuff that is a pastiche was new. It was just, yeah, it was, it was that, that like when you when you come across something that feels like a fully formed thing that almost it's like it just dropped out of, you know, from another dimension or something. It's mm-hmm. just like, you're like, this is a completely new thing. This feels like nothing I've ever experienced before. And it, and it, and it's mysterious in that way. And like, like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of biblical uh, allusions in the, the mm-hmm. narrative itself, but it almost has that like scripture, you know, just like it just from another dimension or something. And I, you know, I had similar feeling with like probably like HP Lovecraft and, and uh, I remember reading Court McCarthy's blood Meridian and having a similar feeling to that. Um, I mean, I you know, racked my brain and just, but that like, you know, it's one of those things, those things that you just get and it just hits you full on. And you're like, what? I want to know everything there is to know about this. Mm-hmm. I want to unpack every detail. I want to talk to the few people. And I mean, it's not surprising that we're sitting here right now because <laughs> when you it, when you have something like that, especially at that age, and you find somebody else that has it, it is like, you know, you know, it's like the early Christians drawing the fish symbol in the sand or right. something. It was like <laughs> such a little call out to like, oh my God, we, we're members of this secret thing. And that's... Uh, d- d- in future episodes, he's, he's not here right now, but we hope to have our good friend Kevin Phillips on here some because he's one of the other people that I connected with on that level. And it's not surprising that the three of us now make movies together. I mean, it's this is a bonding mm-hmm. kind of thing, and this is influenced. I think it's easy to say that this Evangelion has influenced everything that you and I have written. Uh, yes. It influences everything there that are, Kevin's there are, directed. I mean, I was going to say, you're, you're probably tired of it you know, every time you get pages from me on a script that we're working on like oh he snuck in some other evangelion reference oh we, but we do i mean we're if you if you have seen our movie super dark times and you bought it on itunes you can listen to the commentary where i'm pretty sure i i surprised you with an evangelion reference that i'd put in there that you didn't right. you hadn't caught <laughs> yeah you know and it's like and that's because like on that movie in particular i mean kevin was making his own references and the way he was shooting it we were each in different passes on the script, adding in different references to things. And, and, you know, I can't remember if anybody on the internet has called us out on that or not, but it's, it's, if you, if you watch Evangelion and you watch super dark times, I don't think it's a stretch to say that you'll see some connectivity there. Uh, yeah, it's what. Yeah, <laughs> so not to bring up our shit on this other thing. But no, it's, that's it's relevant. It's totally fine because it shapes you as a, as a person. And I just sort of like laughing at like, um, you know, I was, I was going to say, like, and listen, Evangelion's not a perfect show. We're not here to... And then I was like, no, you know what? The tone of this show, it, <laughs> what we've had so far, which is just like, oh, my God, Evangelion is so great. Like, if you're ready for, like, 30 hours of that, like, this is the show for you. Because yeah. I, I honestly don't think there's going to be a lot of me complaining about, like, I wish they had done this better. No. Or I wish that this is... <laughs> no, uh, no. You know what? Actually, this thing, you know, there's, there's a lot of podcasts out there about shows and you know you walk you know you you sort of watch and listen together and you know there are shitty episodes of whatever and there are missteps Mm -hmm. or whatever and 
that's the other thing about it being so removed culturally is it sort of helped me to just be like, well, this is what it is. And it doesn't feel like the weird fan culture these days, which is like, oh, this is wrong. They took a misstep. This is, like you said, it's been, it sort of feels like more like gospel. Like, well, this is what it is. And you're coming to it on its terms. It isn't them making decisions that you wouldn't have made or stuff that you disagree with. I mean, obviously there's going to, as we get toward the end of the show, it takes some hugely controversial turns. Yes. And there is, you know, a big part of the mythology of the show outside of the show is how it pissed off so many people. But, but for me, it always, it just did hit like this thing that I didn't question at all. Well, and I, I, anything that, that I sort of wouldn't, would feel differently about, I just, I wrap my, try and wrap my brain around it or, or give a reading of yeah, you that. You bend yourself to the work rather than hoping the work bends to you, which exactly. I, I think is, to go off on a rant, but, but I'm going to do it and I'll connect it to a topic that we should discuss uh, yeah. on this episode before. But I, I do think that these days with entertainment, you know, for good or ill, I mean, the, the, the mass amount of content, especially episodic content, uh, and, and, and a heightened awareness of the process of making it. I mean, when, when you and I started uh, talking about wanting to make movies, when we were like, the, the, the idea of even knowing the name of a showrunner on a show, right, sure. it's like you, you knew that like Aaron Spelling's name came up at the end of a bunch of things or like Dick Wolf or like, you know, these kind of the, the, the big network TV guys that you would just see those names and they were like production company. You just kind of got, a, a, but no one really... I don't think up until really the podcast era is where I think it started, where people started to talk about showrunners and started to talk about yeah, I mean, you know, for different me, regimes yeah, on shows. Joss Whedon being, oh, that's the guy who's making Buffy. Was probably and, the oh, first. That's the, that was my first real experience but, with but what that. Joss was also one of the first writer-director showrunners. There wasn't the idea hmm. of, of, of TV auteurs and stuff was not really... Uh, a popularized thing and most uh, you know, showrunners didn't also direct and blah, blah, blah. All this to say that I think that now there is a bit of like everybody's an insider when they watch things and they everybody knows yeah. oh so-and-so is doing this and this and they, you know you like there's shows on now that I can list off of the staff of them and the different directors and I'll, I'll make decisions on you know uh, whether or not to watch a show if a director I know uh, that I'm a fan of directed totally. one episode of it. But, oh, well, then it must be worth watching. There's all this sort of insidery stuff that that I think is good because, you know, any way that you find your way into enjoying something, because at the end of the day, if we ever sound like snobby or anything, I think enjoying things is the is the main purpose of entertainment. I don't think we don't get into things to sound smarter than somebody else. You don't get into things so that you, you know, can can pick it apart or be whatever. You could, you should watch things because you like them and and any way that you can access that is fine, but I think that there is a great benefit in a certain sense to finding entertainment that denies your ability to to think you're an insider. And I mean, granted, in this podcast, we're going to talk a lot about anything we can find to read, to reference, to discuss and things. And so we are kind of at the point where we're going to try and break things down, but like right down to the fact that like the system, the creative system of making animated TV shows in Japan is a different system. Mm-hmm. And even now, even though like you and I, you know, we work in, we live in Los Angeles, we work in the Hollywood entertainment industry and stuff like that. It, we know a lot of more than we would have before. I, I don't, you know, who wrote which episodes, who directed which episodes. It's hard to understand with this show. It's not, there's not a clear way to do this. And I mean, this is all leading up to us talking about Hideaki Anno, mm-hmm. the creator. And you said, what's he's the series director. The series. So there's even like his name is the, but he doesn't direct every episode, which is something that I didn't even know until way later. A couple of the 
specific directors in the thing have distinguished themselves in other anime, so we now sort of know who yeah, they are. Yeah, and I but think when it's episode I don't by know episode. how many writers, directors, I don't know who right. to give credit to. So, so we're going to talk about Anno a lot because <laughs> he's the guy. And, and, in and Japan, he's seen he's, as the guy. And he's famous in Japan for being the guy. Because that's the other thing to point out. This show was hugely popular in Japan. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about the way that we received it versus like the fan reception over there, it was like fucking Lost or like, you know, I did the, you know, the Sopranos or like whatever the biggest shows you can think of that everyone talked about on a week-to-week basis over here. This was It, it was a big deal. I, I am curious what the age bracket was. I There's definitely, know you know, I don't know... Even now, I don't want to, you know, talk like talk like I know how how much I know. There are like stories of like salarymen getting fired or like the internet having to be blocked off from certain places because you know adult men were going on to update the Gundam Wikipedia page. Yeah. Like like there are there are definitely guys there and people reading manga on the train and all that. I don't know how many adults were tuning in week to week to watch and talk about Evangelion necessarily. I know that you know as a young anime fan. There's definitely the the desire to characterize it as like well in Japan like all well, the grownups watch this stuff, but I'm sure there was a stigma to some extent about you know animation, certainly giant robot anime. Um, I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, because it is. Still, I don't know. Well, it, I don't know. It, but it, it was a huge money maker and is still obviously. Yeah, if you go to Japan now, you will still see these characters. You'll see Shinji on like a bag of Doritos. Yeah, and, no, 100. percent Like if you go in, you go in a 7-Eleven in Japan, you will still see likely Evangelion stuff to this day, and and any you know like anime store that you go in over there, any of those kind of it's just all over. The and there's place. there's high end stuff. So obviously, yeah, it does it does transcend in a way. I just am yeah cautious to sort of. I'm not sure what exactly the breakdown was. No, but no, it no, is. Yeah. It was a year. Yeah, but worth right. worth saying huge... that as as much as it's a niche, weird little pop culture you know right. hidden gem to us to them it is mainstream on whatever level that means i know you're right really no recognizable idea. characters for yeah. sure yeah so so ano is there anything we should talk about about him just as this sort of at this at this stage because like you said you're the gynax uh ano and and i want to talk more about gynax like terms, may, you know? maybe later you know there's definitely there's a book that i that i found a while ago called the notenki memoirs that's that is all about the forming of studio gynax which is a fascinating story which in is, and of itself you could compare it to like pixar or something like that in a way or something in terms of like the idea that it was like these kind of cool smart younger people that made their own yeah. thing yeah know? i mean there was just the weird thing about them was that they were just amateurs they were they were a bunch of guys who would go to conventions anime and you know science fiction conventions they were unsatisfied with them and so like well, these conventions suck like we should put on our own convention and in doing that and starting these conventions they ended up producing their own you know hand-drawn self-made mm-hmm animated like openings for the convention little opening videos and that's how they sort of began and those became more and more impressive and this ultimately leads to them making you know teaming up with uh i think one of the convention producers and they actually founded the studio and they started making you know they made wings of onimize um and they you know started making television shows and well, then, Secret and, of Blue and Water. was an, it was an, doing animation for miyazaki Yes. Well. Yeah, that's the thing with Anno is he has a animation background. There's the whole um sequence in Nausicaa I think that he so. does like the like a tank sequence or some it kind of It was like sequence. the climax of I can't remember it was some that's specific all creature that yeah that that he did and so he was an interesting guy that, you know, came up in this sort of self-made, you know, fan-centric thing. Mhm. 
Uh, yeah, I think he joined up with them a little bit later. But, yeah, but yeah, so they're they're just interesting in that that's sort of where they where they came from, and then you you can sort of see that on display in the the almost fetishistic uh, attention to detail of like machines yeah, and yeah. military hardware and and stuff like that. Of like this was the stuff that was interesting to them. So the stuff that's why you have such a strong design element on Evangelion. Um, because this is the stuff that you know it's ma- it's made by people who like this stuff who mm-hmm. wanted to build models of these things and and all that. But yeah, Ano Ano himself he he worked with Miyazaki, uh, and in part his you know Evangelion was his frustration with the anime industry as it was. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so we're we're gonna so we're gonna well, talk yeah, about as, him it, a you lot. know yeah as the episodes go as we get further into this we'll talk about. Whatever, whatever references to him as a person or his life or, you know, what, however they're relevant. But, I mean, we're, he's, you know, just as a note, he's uh, done a couple other shows and he's directed actually several live-action movies, mm-hmm. including most recently, I think, with Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla. Which, if you like Godzilla and you or you like anything related to anything we're talking about and you haven't seen Shin Godzilla, you absolutely fucking should. It's well, I would incredible. like to... I don't know what's going to happen with this podcast, but I think I'd like at some point to do an episode about Shin Godzilla if all goes well. Yeah. Um, I think there's room for that, uh, for sure. Because it's it's... You'll see the language of Evangelion is 100%. The, the grammar of the filmmaking and even down to music cues is all sort of ported over and applied to Godzilla. And that's, and that's worth, I guess, like for all the stuff I was saying about, uh, you know, authorship and people's, I, if you watch Evangelion enough and you then subsequently watch uh, Anna's other work, it does, however this comes together, individual episode directors or writers or animators, like however all the, where to sign credit, there is a clear auteurist like he has the cinema of Hideaki Anno is a distinct one and right. you can see even whether he's doing live action or animation his compositions his framing and we can talk about you know his influences I have again there's a lot there's very little information about this but uh I think that you know he's very influenced by like Stanley Kubrick which I think is that there's a comparisons in terms of the way things are done and you know it's it's definitely I was reading some interviews and I think yeah somebody was I can't remember if it was he was comparing himself or, or you know or his influences not comparing himself to but Godard did come up as like oh, that's somebody so that funny he, really yeah because um, there's because I've told you there's there's the Godard film um Hail Mary that I've told you before like feels like Evangelion to me oh interesting that like it like just because there's a lot of like things where people's heads are framed out of shots or it'll be framed in a specific the camera's placed in a specific this was really about the speed of cuts I think that they were talking about and Um, long held things on shots that you wouldn't do mm -hmm. and then different it's it's like one of those like I remember I saw it uh, after college and I was like Oh, this just feels like what a live action Evangelion movie. There's just no giant robots or monsters or anything, but it's like the style was there. And I and I, but it's it's so funny when you when you're watching a, like a 1980s Godard film to be like, oh, this must have been an influence on this like Japanese anim- you know, right. animated show. And it's like that's funny to hear that. I did not. Yeah, know that. I, I believe that's true. I'll have to sort of look and see. It, I was reading some interviews and stuff before this to just sort of get a feel for it. And I was reading an interview with uh, um, a Japanese you know, f- philosopher and culture critic and they were talking about it. And I can't remember if he said that that was something that Anok, you know, brought up himself as an influencer or something that he was just applying afterwards to having seen his work. But uh, I'll dig it up and see for uh, a confirmation yeah, in so a future if, episode. So, you know, just to, just to resell you on the whole thing, if, if you're unfamiliar as of yet, if this is the first exposure, 
if you want to watch a Japanese animated show about giant robots fighting giant monsters that is influenced stylistically by Stanley Kubrick and Jean-Luc Godard, uh, that's about <laughs> teenagers and is very emotional. Emotional trauma, uh, <laughs> psychoanalysis. <laughs> But it's also, I mean, it's, it's it, but also fan service. Like, this is the thing yeah. is, is that it's... goofy shit with penguins and chicks in their underwear flashing and stuff. Like. Yeah, it's it's got everything, but... Uh, it really does. Yeah, and so I don't, we don't need to, you know, go go on all day. I, mean, I think, you know, you're, you're primed and we're going to get into it and talk about it. But, but yeah, we, we're... And hopefully this podcast will do the same thing and fluctuate between, you know, just, just getting excited about seeing my favorite characters yep. on screen again. Like, I, it's been... Because of these rebuild movies, I've been I've held off on watching it. It's been, it's been years. I think since when did the rebuild movies start? Twenty twelve, something like that. Maybe earlier. Maybe before that. And I think that twenty twelve might have been the second one. I mean, it's been probably close to a decade since you've watched the show. Probably because See, that's what know, that's what I was saying earlier is that like if nothing else, this will be us watching it again. Which is the first time that you and I would have watched it together in many, many years. Yeah, because I think we might have watched it together the first time, but maybe not even that. Maybe you watched it. No, I think I watched the the, the first time I watched the entire thing. The I think was with you, and then we watched it a second time with like another one of our friends. So I, I definitely watched the entire thing with you at least twice. Wow. Okay. And and then the movies, um, the new the rebuild movies. But right. at least twice, if not three times, possibly, because I know that when the Platinum Collection came out, we watched it again, and I don't know if that was round two or round three. Yeah, honestly. it was all cleaned up. Oh, I, that's something that we should mention too. Like, listen, we're recording this a little bit early. The idea here is to have enough in the bank so that we could start dropping these once you have access to the show regularly on Netflix. So we are going to be using our copies of ADV's release of this Platinum Collection. So yeah. I don't know. Whether you're, listen, no judging, a little bit of judging, <laughs> subs or dubs, I prefer subs, uh, Yeah, we're going to do subs, uh, subtitles, but there may be a new translation for the subtitles. I, I don't necessarily see Netflix springing for a whole new audio dub, and that would probably piss some people off who were, who were fans who of the original dub. The- Various um, terrible voices. <laughs> listen, no. <laughs> All comments are Gundam is fine. If you like the dub, like the dub, it's okay. You're welcome here. This is a safe place for all Evangelion fans. Um, but yeah, we're going to be using the subtitle version. We're going to be using that particular sub script. So I don't know if there's going to be turns of phrase that yep. are different. Uh, and with a show that gets this mythologically sort of dense and twisty or sometimes uh, abstract... You know that that might be that might be something to to bring up and really dig into. I've seen several different translations yep. from fan translations to the to the early um, uh, the non platinum releases. I think they did a new dub script for the platinum release. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a new subscript. So, um, just to let you know, we're going to be operating on that, and that may be slightly different from from what you're seeing on Netflix. I'm very curious to yeah to see actually what they what they pick and we'll certainly watch all the netflix versions if they are different just to see but uh yeah but i'm excited about it and and yeah i think we want to we want to dig deep sometimes and talk about some really serious things and uh, listen i'm probably going to share some things maybe i shouldn't share but evangelion that's what podcasting's for evangelion (laughs) opens that opens that up you know um but also just you know share the the fun of just watching a a sometimes very silly Mm -hmm. uh giant robot show um, and that's okay. Yeah. 
Well, I think, I mean, we're right around 45 minutes just about. So I think we can, unless there's anything else we need to cover, I think we can call this episode zero. It's going to be episode zero. Zero, zero. Yes. Um, let's, let's call them all episode zero, blah, 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 because that's how they number the event. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. So we'll, we want we'll, yeah, we'll do the like, same number, this is, numbering. Yeah. This is episode zero, zero. And so we'll, we'll, we'll figure out some kind of theme music eventually. Um, and you know it'll get more professional as we go and as we're figuring these things out but this is yeah this is episode zero of sync ratio listen get excited whether you've seen evangelion or or not this is this is exciting for all of us to be able to dig into it again yeah and and i think you're gonna have a good traumatizing time and i hope so you won't be the same at the end of this all right well thanks for listening talk to you soon bye bye